This is the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. We help you grow your faith as you grow your business. And now, your host, Jesse Cole. Welcome to the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. I am your host, Coach Jesse Cole. Thank you for joining us today. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your family. I'm excited for your business. I'm excited for what God is doing to you, through you, for you, and in you. As you know, the purpose of this podcast is to help you grow your faith as you grow your business. Now, whether you have your own business or you're about your father's business, the purpose of this podcast is to help you grow your faith in either one of those things. So thank you for joining us today. I have a special guest, somebody I've known for over uh, close to 10 years now, Mr. Cedric Dukes. He's an author. He's a speaker, a father, a husband. I want you to understand how important it is for you to be here because I want to make this connection between you two so that you can grow in your finances. Mr. Dukes, thank you very much for being on the Kingdom Mogul podcast today. Uh, Thank you, Jesse. I appreciate you um, having me on the podcast. You know, it's been a long time since we talked. I know we try to keep keep up with each other doing texts, but it's it's been good. Uh, Everything is well. Um, Everybody's staying safe here in Tennessee. I know you guys are staying safe in Michigan. So, you know, all is well. And you know, looking this, this to just kind of give people some, some hints, some nuggets in order to, to get through this particular uh, time. And this time is no different than it was 2008 when we had the Great Recession. So all of this, we're just going to apply the principles of God and go from there. Yeah, man. Can you give people an understanding of who you are? Like, what is your backstory professionally? What is your backstory as a kid so they can get a better understanding of who you are on a human level? Okay, from a human level, I guess you say, uh, I grew up in Lewisburg, Tennessee. You probably hear my, my accent, my southern drawl. I say y'all a lot. And so um, from there, high school, both of my parents were teachers, um, educators. I thought I was going to do the education piece, but I did not. I went into engineering. I graduated from South Carolina State University in, in engineering. And then I moved to Michigan, uh, where I worked for GM for over seven years. And different levels of management, um, engineering, purchasing, supply chain, just, just in different areas. From there, in 2008 or 2007, 2008, I began to write. God was beginning to deal with me about writing a book about finances. I was studying finances at the time. I wasn't really was trying to write a book. I was just kind of understand how finances grow. And then the, the Lord asked me it was specifically on a uh, New Year's Eve night uh, at our church. He said, "You're going to write a book on finances." I said, nope, I'm not going to write a book on finances. I, that's one thing I'm not going to do. He said, you're going to write a book on finances. And so he just began to, it took me about a year, year and a half to really believe that I could, first of all, write a book. Uh, second of all, it took me, uh, it took me um, some time to believe also that the Lord was speaking to me through finances. Because one of the things that I was learning through from a financial standpoint is that the books that you read are so technical. So people like you, me, and these people, uh, family members couldn't really understand what those technical books are. And when you look at those books that talk about having so much amount, a large amount of money in order to do that, it, finances is, is really, if you just follow the kingdom principle, God is going to bless you no matter what. And so I, um, I, I published a book in 2007, 2008, and then um, I wrote three other books from that standpoint. And then from there, uh, here I am transferred, or actually I, I relocated from Michigan. I'm now in Tennessee doing some great things here. Uh, but uh, looking, it's uh, great to be with your audience today. Yeah. So you mentioned that you've written several books. You've written a book on marriage, you and your wife, and um, 
some other couples. You've written a book on um, legacy. But the book we're going to talk about today is Hostile Takeover. It's a, it's a finance book. And so can you tell us more about the process of writing that book? You said God told you to write a book and you were like, nah, I ain't about to write no book. Um, but like, what was that process like for that whole year of writing your book? Because there are people right now watching or listening that have been thinking about writing a book and they feel an unction to do it, but they haven't made that step. So talk about your process for writing Hostile Takeover. No, no problem. The, the process in terms of writing the book is for me, um, from a subject that you may not be as well versed with it, um, from a from a technical piece, you have to do a lot of research. I was actually was talking to some other folks uh, the other day, and they was talking about what would you, how do you begin a new book? And I say you got to research. Uh, researching is, is the biggest piece. Reading books that are out there, business books out there, but also reading the Word of God, because one of the things you begin to understand is that. Um, Finances, money is mentioned a lot in the Bible, and it is there to to help you to grow. And so I use uh, what I, you know, from the Word of God, and also I and I used it also uh, put it together with what I was reading too, and see and look at look at how it matched and begin to formulate the chapters. I, I didn't automatically go write entire book in in thirty days in ninety days. It's something that I don't do. I have to really think about it. But I wrote chapter by chapter. It probably took me maybe about two or three weeks to complete a chapter because when I was researching, but also I was researching the background of why am I writing that particular thing, so, such as investments. The Bible talks a lot about investments, it talks a lot about giving. And so I wanted to research those particular topics and understand how does that benefit the person, me, in order to do that. I give you the technical piece of it, but in terms of the spiritual aspect of what God has called us to do in terms of our finances, now I wanted to lay that background, lay that foundation. Yeah. So talk about some of the challenges, internal challenges you faced as you were writing this book. So you're getting this, you're getting this research done. You're getting a better understanding of kingdom finances. What kind of internal challenges did you face with not just writing the book, but actually applying this stuff to your own life as you're writing this book? Yeah, the, the, the biggest challenge I would say is most people, well, most people who write books, uh, they're coming out from, if you understand, from the other side. You understand what I'm saying? They may be in, in bankruptcy, they may be debt, but they're coming out to the other side, or they may have a business that just skyrocketed a hundred, a hundredfold. So as going through the whole process, you know, you think about like I'm writing this, uh, and then I was doing a part, I was doing whatever the word was saying. But, you know, when I say come out from the other side, you, you go from somebody may come from um, making no money but making a million dollars and in my mind is I was not making a million dollars I was not doing this or doing that it was a process and you have to keep challenging yourself because the word of God is consistent it is the word of God is plant, you're planting the seed in your spirit and so you're waiting for the right time for that uh, for that seed uh, for that word of God to reap in your life so the process of challenge the process of writing it was challenging upon me because it was testing my faith as I was walking through this whole process. And like I said, most of the time you see people coming from the other side, but when you go through the process and understand how you do these different things and God is giving you the results, the Lord is giving you the results. And then that's something that, that I, I wrote about. There's results that's driven based upon this. And I'm not saying that everybody who's gonna read my book is gonna be a millionaire, whatever it is you're, that you wanna be, but the thing is you wanna be consistent with the word of God, apply it, and God will open the doors for you and bless you. And the word is blessing 
uh, means for Rocky in Hebrew. It means so much more than monetary. It is blessings in terms of uh, from a finance, blessing in health, blessing in spirit, blessing in your family. So therefore, we, when we look at the word blessing, it means so much more than the word finance itself. We're about to get into a, a few chapters of the book that I want you to unpack in a minute. But why the, why the, why the title Hostile Takeover? Well, Hostile Takeover is very interesting because um, one of the things I saw in Matthew eleven twelve, I'm just going to read it here. It said, "In my days with John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violent and a violent taken by force." And hostile takeover is the thing that I really began to understand as the Lord was saying is that you have to you have to take over your money from a hostile standpoint. You cannot let your money speak to you. Most of the time, we let money speak to us, meaning our bank account speaking to us. Oh, I can't go do this. I can't go do that. I can't take a vacation. I can't buy a new car because my bank account is telling me what it is. What I'm saying is how to take over this. I'm using that, using the word of God to take over my finances, such as like an acquisition of a firm um, that's targeting another company's um, board of directors, another company board. So really I'm targeting, I'm looking at myself as a bank, as a CEO of my finances. I'm taking over my money, I'm making sure I'm using what God is having me to do. Good, good stuff, good stuff. What I'm hearing is that we have to make sure that we not, we're not allowing our finances to dictate how we move, but we dictate how our finances move, right? And that's, that's true. Purpose and perspective. Like that, that's the first chapter of your book, purpose mm -hmm. and perspective. And mm -hmm. for many of us, what we do or our behaviors is based on what we see or our, or our perspective. So for somebody who had um, negative influences or unhealthy money influences in their life and they want to get better, what does this chapter tell us about our purpose and our perspectives? The purpose and the perspective, Jesse, is to understand uh, the fact is, what is the purpose of your life? What, what is God calling you to do? Um, what is the, the purpose that you're here for? With that purpose, it's going to come with finances. It's going to come with all the resources God is going to give you. And God is going to give you all these resources. But in terms of, a, from a purpose standpoint, perspective is, what is your perspective about finances? You have to understand that uh, that you're responsible for your finances. You understand that um, you have to take control of your finances because finances can can take control of you. Understanding that you have purpose and understanding that purpose need to apply to your finances also, not only to your career but to your finances and understanding what you need to do to move forward in order to achieve God's agenda. Yeah, can you talk more about purpose and finances? Um... And the reason why I want you to go a little bit deeper in that is because it's easy to separate the two. You know, I know my purpose in life is to encourage and equip leaders to become the better version of themselves. But how, how would I, you know, in general, how would I align that with ha having, ma making sure that I'm stewarding my finances properly? Like, how do those two connect? How do those two connect? And basically, when I begin to look in the first chapter of the book, one of the things you understand is that uh, from a financial standpoint, if, if you understand your uh, your purpose, you understand that money money answers all things. It, it answers things. Uh, it answers your purpose. It answers to where you need to be. But uh, but most important is understand the purpose is the purpose that we that God gives us is for His glory. Uh, one uh, a verse is in John fifteen eight says, "Bear much fruit, so you shall be my disciples." How can we bear fruit if we're not purpose driven? And I'm saying that we, every day when we wake up, we should be bearing that type of fruit. 
that very type of fruit is coming from the purpose that God has given us. So if our purpose is, you said, to be a coach, then I need to think like a coach. I need to bear fruit like a coach. But also my finances has to be to a point where I'm connecting my finances to the purpose itself. So find an example. Let's just go back to something easy, a book. We talk about writing a book. Uh, writing a book costs money. Uh, it's not only you, you're doing uh, the writing piece. And to me, writing is only 10% of it. I mean, everything else is 90%. You're talking about the editing piece. You got to have a good cover. Uh, you got to have a good marketing strategy. Uh, you got to have a good social media presence. So 90% of that, if your purpose is to write a book, then the 90, other 90% of that is I got to put the perspective to it. So therefore, I have to put my finances toward that particular thing that God has given me to do. Good stuff. Now, what about the chapter, He Wants You? I, I really like that title, He Wants You. The reason I like that title is because, you know, we're taught what well, I know when I was a kid, I was, it was inferred that God was this, you know, big monster in heaven waiting to pounce on me when I did something wrong. And so that whole, that whole perspective, as we're talking about perspective, it kind of permeated throughout my life. Um, I better not do this because God going to give me, I better not say this or I'm going to go to hell, you know? And it took a long time for me to actually break those limiting beliefs and realize that God was just really a father. He really wanted to love me. And he was full of grace and mercy. So that chapter, he wants you. It's all about relationship. Can you unpack that? He wants you. God wants to be your father. That's it. He wants to be your father. He's, he's not trying to boss you. Uh, he, he only wants to help you. He, only, he wants to give you the best. Uh, you are, you know, Jesse, you are God's beloved son. You know, I am God's beloved son. My, and so the, the fact is, God wants you. He wants to have a relationship with you every single morning. Uh, he wants to talk to you. I know sometimes we talk about the word, we, we pray. And uh, sometimes I get kind of mixed up with it because the word pray, pray, pray is a communication with God. Not only am I telling God what I need, he's telling me what he needs from me. He's telling me how to, to become better. So that, that whole thing that God wants you is he wants to have a prayer. He wants to have that communication with you. And the only way that you can do that is really by accepting his son, Jesus Christ, because he's going to talk to you, deposit the Holy Spirit in you, God's Holy Spirit into you. And therefore, you're going to be able to communicate that it's coming from the throne room of God. Uh, and for example, is so many times I did not know what I was going to write until the Holy Spirit helped, told me to put pen and paper. And he basically wrote it for me. Ideas kept coming through, like, write this, write that the throne room of God, and he wants to have that conversation with you. He wants to, uh, to, to really talk to you each and every day. Therefore, and that's how you bear the fruit, is understanding the spirit, understanding God, and understanding his spirit and what he wants for you. I like that. And for the person who may be hearing this for the first time, hearing us say that God wants you, he wants to be in relationship with you, but that message hasn't pricked their heart yet, or it hasn't taken root yet because of some past hurt that they've gone through, or some unhealthy things they've experienced, they may be asking, why? Like, why does God want me? Why, like, why am I so special? Why does he want to have a relationship with me? How would you answer that question? You're the apple of God's eye, and he wants everybody to come to the knowledge of him. He wants everybody to be saved, everybody to come to the knowledge of him. He wants you, he puts you in this particular position to fulfill a purpose on earth. Everybody, everybody who's walking this earth has that particular position, no matter whether you're in jail, no matter whether or not you took a detour in life or whatever, he wants you. So I'm just imploring you just to come back to him. If you just ask him a question, 
he's going to give your answer just like that. And he wants to have that relationship with you. That relationship is, again, knowing that God, knowing that you will ask him to be Lord of your life. And being Lord of your life, said, Lord, you can have everything that I need. You can have everything that I have. I want you to Lord over my finances, Lord over my house, Lord over my marriage, Lord over every single thing. And he will, um, he will do exactly what he said he's going to do. He will Lord over that. He will speak to you. And he will help you live the day to day. We don't have to walk this earth not knowing what's going to happen with this whole coronavirus. We know that by the word, the word of God says that he would not uh, let the righteous be forsaken, nor were you begging bread. As you begin to follow um, what the Lord is saying through his Holy Spirit and begin to read the word, uh, the, the key point is to follow the Holy Spirit and, and believe what his word says and just do what his word says. He is going to benefit you tremendously. Uh, whether whether you're walking in your tithe, while you're walking in your offerings, or whether you're walking in just the giving, it's going to translate into blessings for you. And so many people get so uh, may, maybe get uh, frustrated because I'm, I'm talking about the spiritual sense, but this also translates also in the physical manifestation. When you get the book, because it also goes into your investments, because God is going to bless you to get more. He's going to have you more opportunity to invest in something that He wants you to invest in for your future. All of this from your financial standpoint is, from a spiritual standpoint, it helps you to, to have your heart toward God. And plus, it allows you to receive the natural blessings that God is ready for you to have. For the person who is the intellectual, who wants the, you know, the, the, the nuts and the bolts and the practicality of all this, um, how would you encourage them to merge the, the practical side with the spiritual side, because they, 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 they go hand in hand. You got the faith and you have the works. Mm -hmm. if, if they're not together, then they're, 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 they're going to be dead. So how would you encourage the person who is head led, who's expert led, who like goes to the book and reads the, all the technical stuff that's happening in the market and they're trying to follow that. But then when it comes to the spiritual aspect of it, it's more like a soft skill. Like it's not really, not really valued that much. How would you encourage them to merge the two? Yeah, I would say look at some of the great men in history. Uh, I think it was William Colgate, uh, head of Colgate. Uh, he gave every, and he was a, a millionaire head of the, the toothpaste company. Uh, he believed in tithing, and and he saw how his company grew. But if you just read history, most people merge um, that that spiritual aspect into the physical manifest. And I know that for me, being an engineer. Uh, it's, it's a lot of head knowledge. It's a lot of understanding what you know, but you just have to come and believe and, and trust what the word says, what God says. And, and I can't say a person has to walk their own path. Uh, they have to, um, as, a, as the word says, have to work out their own salvation with fear of trembling. So therefore, it's going to take some time for a person just to walk this out, to understand. They understand the technical details of the market. They understand when to buy, when to sell. They understand when the bumps are coming, when the lows are coming. They understand that. But in the spirit of, uh, but in the kingdom, using spiritual principles, there's none of that. The only thing that we can do in our spiritual, in our kingdom is to sow. And, and we expect God to give us the, the, the reaping of the harvest. So from that aspect is we just have to trust and believe that God is going to do what he says. But it takes some time. It takes some time understanding and trusting and really allowing the spirit to, to work with them. And that person who's going through that, and that is so important to go back to that second chapter of the book he wants you he wants to tell you all those things he wants to tell you how to do those things he knows god knows today that you are so technically 
minded that you can do these things from a technical aspect, but he wants to add another repertoire to your uh, to your to your to your system and and use the spirit aspect also, so you can continue to glorify him and what you're doing also. That re that relationship really gives us the unfair advantage, doesn't it? Yeah, the, the Holy Spirit is is a is the unseen, the unfair advantage that we have. That as common people are walking through this life, we have that spirit. We can ask the spirit anytime. We don't have to sit down and uh and just and you get to a corner and pray as you're walking, as we're in our meetings, uh, as we're going here to there, even in grocery store. Holy Spirit, what should I buy? Is this the right thing to buy or not? You will drop it into your spirit because you have that relationship with us. You were talking about stewardship and debt too in, 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 one, in one of the chapters as well. Mm -hmm. And you said something that really struck me. It's real simple, but it's powerful. We are managers of the earth and all the possessions therein. Mm -hmm. We are managers of the earth <laughs> and all the possessions therein. Like if that doesn't speak to stewardship, I don't know what, what does. So what what is kingdom stewardship? What does that look like? Kingdom stewardship, and it is simply as you said, Jesse, is managing somebody else's money. That's it. Managing someone else's money. All of this, and I and I use the use the word for this Psalm 24 1, the earth is Lord and the fullness thereof. Everything that we see on this earth is the Lord's. So all he's doing is allowing us to 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 stewardship, to steward his his finances, to steward the things that he has. We're managing, we are just managing, we're borrowing these things from him. As when we when we die, we cannot take it with us. So it goes back to the earth. It goes one to somewhere else. So all we're doing is managing and we're just stewarding uh, what God has given us. And that's just simply what that stewardship is. And once once we understand that these resources are not mine, that is God's then we can have the right perspective with our money and with our finances. When you talk about managing God's influence or managing his possessions, of course, there's a, a proper way to do that. But, there are also, but there's also a possibility that people can mismanage it as well. What, is that, what does mismanagement look like? But what does proper management look like? You know, just, I, I would think uh, something basic is if you have $150, you need to pay a utility bill. And you see, and you see, you know, as men, we see something that, hey, we like this new suit, or we like this new shirt, a new tie, and we take half of that money, seventy-five dollars of that money, and go buy it. Therefore, I can't go buy my, I can't go um, pay my utility bill. That to me, that's mismanaging of your money. Uh, it's mismanaging of your finances. So, what's what's managing properly your finances is whatever you have has to have a name to it. And I go go through that from a budget standpoint. Every particular dollar, every particular cent in in your finances need to have some type of name to it. So whether it is uh, I want to spend a hundred dollars on a suit and tie or a shirt, then I have I allocate a line item. But I also need to make sure that I'm properly managing my utilities, my rent, um, my phone bill, whatever my car note, my house note, I need to make sure I'm properly stewarding the net because what God has given us that. He's already, the stewardship is the things that you already have in your hand. And God expects you to bring joy of that to whoever it is, is in your life. And therefore, when you begin to mismanage your money, to understand, and that money goes to something else that you're not steward, then that's where you kind of get sideways from that standpoint. I don't believe that we're born bad stewards. I believe that part of that is taught indirectly or, you know, just directly taught. So how would, how would a person who they've been seeing their parents, their grandparents, their aunties and uncles, they have, they have a bad 
or unhealthy stewardship practices have been permeating through over the generations. What would you say to like help that person break that chain? Because it's not just about head knowledge. You can go in a book and read this stuff, but there are some internal things that need to be broken in order for that healthy um, management to come forth. So have you experienced anybody who's going through that and how did you help them through that? Yeah, I mean, the, the experience, uh, the, the, the big piece I would say is you cannot do this by yourself. You cannot do this on your own. And, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm not eliminating what the, what the Lord is, what the Holy Spirit is going to do, but he's going to put you in relationship with the right people. Uh, so, all, like I said, all things are going to be working together for good. So, therefore, you may need to go see an, a financial advisor. Uh, you also may uh, hang around with people that's, uh, that's going to help you move forward. So, therefore, in some of our uh, in communities, there's credit organizations, there is financial planners, there, there is uh, investment advisors, there's people that can help you change your mindset. If you stay in the same situation with the same people, and, and you see bad practices happening, then bad practices are going to continue to happen. The thing is, you have to get out of your, your, your bubble and allow people to speak to you. I know that we have a financial advisor um, that I've been working with over 15 years. He's changed my mindset dramatically over some of the things that I thought about finances. So therefore, you, somebody else has to, has to allow, has, you allow somebody to speak into your life and really talk to you about what those finances are and what you need to do. Uh, additionally, you can read a book or read books. There's a lot of good books out there, but again, nothing beats the relationship with another person who's trying to go to a different direction. So if you want to go to a different direction in your life, then you have to make sure that you have to have a different crowd that you're talking with and making sure that person is bringing you up. So relationships with people is going to be very important now. So say for instance, that if you're sick, you're not going to try. You've got to go to a doctor. If you have a toothache, you got to go to a dentist, knowing who is wise for you, who's looking at your best interest, and, and just really look at whatever you need to do. Look, make sure that you have some people that's in your corner that can help you prosper. Yeah, good stuff. So many of us, we are, it's, it's real easy for us to generate income, you know, very creative. We're, you know, we made in God's image. We can create opportunities to create money. But we, I think we need to understand this next part, the alms and first fruits, right? And the tithe and the offering. So in your book, you talk about tithing being the first level, offering being the second level, alms and first fruits being the third and fourth. So can you talk about what are alms? We don't really talk about that in the faith community that much. Okay. Uh, yeah, great. Alms is, you know, just simply it's used to help the poor, the needy, and the destitute. That's all it is. And uh, Proverbs nineteen seventeen says, he that hath pity upon the poor, lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given, he will repay him again. And I'm not saying that I'm, hear me, I'm not saying that we should go around and give money to every person that we see that is needy. You have to allow the spirit of the Lord to lead you. One of the first things he says is that you need to take care of your family. So there's family members, there's family members in your family that you probably just definitely need to take care of that's going to help them. But that alms piece is really just helping people move forward. Because God says that if you lend to the poor, then I'm going to repay you. So he's going to pay you, I don't know, you know, double, triple fold just because what you're, what you're doing. And so I really think that that's, to me, that's the key, the, the, the ties, the offering, the, the first group, all that is, uh, is fine. But the Lord, I mean, that's only 10%, 10, 20% of your, of, of your, of your finances. But the Lord really wants to challenge your heart. Alms is really challenging your heart. 
Say for instance that, you know, I got $20 in my pocket. I'm about to go to Burger King and give me something to eat. Uh, I'm about to sit down and because I'm tired this week, I just want to get a burger, fries, or whatever it is. But the Lord may be challenging me and saying, hey, I need for you to go give that $20 to somebody else or pay for somebody else's meal. So allow, allow God to speak to you on that. And we're not talking about a specific amount of money. Most people think um, where we're talking about hundreds and thousands of dollars of money. No, we're talking about what the Lord leaves in your heart. Whatever is in your pocket is, is your best. So if it's $5, that's your best. That's all you can do. So alms is, is, is to where it is. You're just lending to the poor, lending to the destitute, the needy, the, the ones that are going to help you. And then um, the promise is God is going to reward you openly. And he's going to do whatever you do in secret, he's going to reward you openly. So just remember, he's going to reward you openly. He's not, you're not only going to see it, but other people is going to see it also. What is the basic idea for this book? The basic idea of this book is to, is to walk in purpose with your finances. Now, understand that your finances is a key part of your life. Um, so many times we see that finances, um, and we see nowadays, um, finances, or people are going to spend, do different things, but there's a purpose for your finances. There's a purpose for your life. And, and, and go back to your beginning statement, when God gives you a purpose, then he's going to give you provision in order to do it. So therefore, you have to make sure that your purpose and your perspective of finances align with one another, because that's where you're going to see the most fruit that God's going to give you. Again, I go back, God wants to be glorified through you. So therefore, he wants you to bear as much fruit. So how can we bear much fruit if we're in our purpose and then our finances not aligning to it? I may be a good author, but my finances is terrible. I am not a good author from that. So therefore, I may not be impacting people. So you have to think about how your purpose and, and perspective finances is going to go one in another. What I like about this concept and this idea is that God is not, he's not comparing what I have to what you have or what Susie has to what Tom has. It's, it's all about being obedient, right? And when, when you look at the parable of the talents, it was all about obedience. It wasn't about what they, what they were able to produce. It was about were you a good steward of what you had? When, when the master came back, he didn't say, you're better because you produced five more. Or you're better because you produced two more. He was like, no, you are faithful <laughs> in what I gave you. You were obedient. And so I, I believe that's what, that's what God calls us to. He doesn't call us to perfection. He calls us to be obedient. Like that's what's rewarded, our obedience. And so for the person out there who's saying, you know what, I don't make $100,000 a year. I don't even make $60,000 a year. So you're telling me that God still wants me to be a good steward of this twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year that I make? Like they feel as if because of what they make, they they don't qualify for this stuff that you're talking about. One of the things I learned, Jesse, uh, and I'm, I, I continue to learn this, and God has continued showing me as I've changed careers, as I'm looking at different different things. The Lord wants your heart. That's it. He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. And from your heart, He already knows what you have. So if you're making $100,000 here, he still wants your heart. So if you're making $60,000, he still wants your heart. If you're making $30,000, he still wants your heart. If you're making $10,000, he still wants your heart. The key point is, as you go back to the parable of talents, he gave them what their faith gave. Them. So a person who uh, had five talents, he produced five more. God gave him five more. He gave him double for that. A person with two he produced two more for the for the business owner. He gave God gave him double for that. 
So God is going to bless you no matter whatever you have. So if if your level if your if your level is a hundred thousand dollars or even zero, He just wants your heart and He's going to give you what you need in order to do that. And I think with the, the 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 biggest is biggest piece of that we don't have to um, take this work from you. We don't have to take we don't have to grind. That's one of the things I'm learning is we do not have to grind. Yes, we have to be obedient. We have to do what the Lord asks us to do, but we don't have to grind all the time. And God is going to allow, going to allow that grace to come forward. He said, I'll give you more grace. So he's going to allow that grace to come forward with whatever you have. If it's on a $10,000 income level, if it's on a $10,000 income level, he's going to give you grace to live, grace to do what you need to do for your purpose and your perspective for your finances. Senator, this was some great, great information, very rich. Um, I'm pretty sure that people who are listening to this, um, they're going to be inspired to uh, not just be good stewards of their money, but to be good stewards of their time and their, and, their, and, and, their, and their talent as well. Can you tell the people, where can they find you? Where can they find your, your books, your coaching? Yeah, you can find me on, um, on my website, www.cedricdukes.com. Again, www.cedricdukes.com. You can also find me on Twitter, uh, CD Living Legacy. You can also find me on Facebook under Cedric Dukes. Uh, my books are on Kindle and iTunes. So you can um, go to Kindle and iTunes. Uh, there are audio books uh, and also digital books. So I'm on Amazon and all the major retailers. So uh, you can find me anywhere. Uh, I do have several blogs posted um, on my website. I do weekly blogs, weekly devotionals. So people can just, just go in and just be... Um, just to be encouraged because this is this time most people are not encouraged again we went through this in 2008 through the great recession so if i know we can make it from that we can make it from this and so therefore just you can just go and just encourage uh get encouraged and again the books uh the hostile takeover books the re- one of the reasons why i wrote it it's only like 115 pages is because i really believe that you have to keep something very small to people because once you get in a larger type of book, most people get lost. And I wrote it like a manual. As an engineer, I wrote it like a manual. Make sure they're step by step. This is what the word says. This is what the uh, this is what the world says. And so, therefore, God is is giving you something easy to read. You can finish this book. I say less than two hours. Even listen to the book less than two hours on audio book. Amazing. Thank you very much for your time, sir. I really appreciate you, man. All right. Thank you, Jesse. Anytime. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. You can support the podcast by subscribing, downloading your favorite episode, and sharing the podcast via social media. Don't forget to visit KingdomMogulCoaching.com to find more resources to help you grow your faith as you grow your business. Remember, what you want to become depends on your willingness to become it.